Alright, go ahead and test me some audio, my love. Hey, look, I'm testing some audio. By being squeaky and loud in the chair, and then I'm going to open a book and flip through some pages and, like, all the uh, ambient uh, asthma sounds that our podcast is known for. Ambient? I don't know why I said that word weird. Ambient. Ambient. I like a some, dockery. I like some ambient sounds with my dockeries. Yes, and a signature hurricane for the lady. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series, chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing chapter 20 of The Lightning Thief. This chapter is called, I Battle My Jerk Relative. You've wanted to do that. I am a member of the Coast Guard, just picking some kids up out of the middle of the water at sunrise. And this is my co-host. Would you like to uh, introduce yourself further? Mm. Also known as Kristen. Mm-hmm. And this is my co-host. And I'm a surfer, just uh, paddling into shore, uh, having a real good time. Just having a good day. <laughs> Seeing some crazy stuff, man. Also known as Chris. That happened in the last chapter. Yes, but I'm continuing that character into this chapter from my rewrite. So Okay. It's like that that was last that character's not in this chapter. He hasn't left LA yet. Okay. In canon. Alright. Anyway, I'm also known as Chris. How are you, Kristen? I'm alright. Cool. I'm doing well. Good. Are you I'm... sure? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Okay. How are you? Good. Cool. I've been told you have a hole in your sock. I don't 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 distract me. <laughs> okay. I'll it's try not to. quite bothersome. Mm-hmm. We've had some interesting weather recently. Yeah, the mountains have been all covered in snow out the window, which right now I was looking out there trying to see it, and all I see is clouds. Yeah. So the mountains are blocked by clouds right now. Yeah. A lot of sudden downpours, some hail. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got hail the other day. Gusty winds. Yep. Like, who knows? Apparently our uh, nibblings saw snow. Wow. Well, yeah. I'm jealous. Here in the county. I'm jealous of the nibblings. Yeah. I didn't know that's what we were calling uh, Eliza and Kevin now, but. <laughs> <laughs> if that's a. Uh... No, the nibblings are the nieces and nephews. Okay. It's okay. They don't listen to this podcast. It's fine. Well, uh... well. <laughs> it's, it's, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So, Kristen, speaking of friends of the podcast, oh yes, I believe we have a special message on this uh, this episode. We do, friend of the podcast, Ryan. I don't know if you want us to share your last name, but Ryan. How about a, who has, how about a last initial? Uh, Ryan F. Right, friend of the podcast, Ryan F., who has submitted some of the best fan art that we've gotten. He was the he was the first non Nathan fan art that we got was the Tosh and sweatpants. It's a pretty big deal. Yes. Pretty big deal if you if you follow the show. You know Ryan's a big deal. And I understand, <laughs> Ryan, it's your birthday this coming weekend. And so we wanted to just wish you a very happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ryan. Happy birthday. Enjoy your birthday on Sunday. May all your Percy's be Jacksoned. 
or and may all your Susans make it to paradise. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we're going to end up on a watch list. People are going to think this is uh, coded <laughs> messages we're sending. <sighs> Anyway. Right, Ryan, I repeat, may all your Susans make it to paradise. <laughs> anyway, Kristen, how do we start this podcast? We do our summaries. Okay. So as Chris and I are reading through the chapter, we do a bullet point summary of the chapter and uh, try to summarize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to go first or shall I? Um, I'd go ahead and go first. I think last time you went first because I would like to add a touch of whimsy at the end, but I'll go. Mine isn't very whimsical this time, so I'll right. go ahead and go for it. Go for it. Uh, so my summary is as follows. Percy is kind of a junior Coast Guard. <laughs> it was Ares after all, I think. Sort of. But is Ares that smart? Percy turns up the heat. His friends give him gifts. Grover can speak for all satyrs. Percy has the wet ground. Time gets slowed. Mrs. Dodds gets resolution. And fly, you fools. Wow, I didn't even think about the gifts. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. That was a, that was a moment. <laughs> Snap. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Here's mine. Mm-hmm. Coast Guard isn't detail-oriented or- when the city is on fire. Percy can choose to be wet. <laughs> I was right. It was Ares. Sort of. <laughs> Ares was a puppet of the pit. Ignore the cops. Percy fights with Ares and wins with water! Return the Helm of Darkness to the Furies. We have to fly to get to New York today. Cool. I like how we were both uh, on point with uh, it was Aries, kind of. Yep. <laughs> anyway, you were right about that one. Uh, anyway, so we start this chapter with them getting back to the beach uh, after having popped up under the ocean floor. Uh, and they come ashore. Uh, there's the Coast they Guard all around. They get dropped at the Santa Monica Pier by the Coast Guard. Now, what else would the Coast Guard have to do? While the city's on fire. Like, like, just explain a bit. Why? Well, if, I don't know. Why are they so distracted that they can't, like, get these kids' names, get them to the authorities, like, figure out how they need to get home? Like, they're children. Yeah. They got better they picked up out the middle of the water. And what, like we we cover the fact that like Grover had no shoes because he left the flying shoes in in Hades, and so Percy gave him his shoes in the water. Uh-huh. Like, have you ever been in the water with shoes on? First of all, I don't think so. It's a beast. Yeah. So like, find pulling a fully clothed person out of the water who isn't wearing shoes is actually normal because you need to kick off your shoes. Because it's impossible, it's very difficult to swim with your shoes on. Yeah. I think the closest I've been, I think I've been in a pool with flip-flops on accidentally. But that's about yeah. the extent of my experience. Oh, it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult to do anything with shoes on underwater. Uh-huh. So, like, it's like, oh, well, we have to explain why one of us is barefoot. No, you don't. <laughs> like, 
And they didn't, and the Coast Guard wouldn't care. Um, yeah, they wouldn't really. They, would, they probably would care about the hooves if, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, we've established throughout the book, and, like, we're going to talk more about it in this chapter, that mortals kind of just see whatever they want to see. So who's to say the Coast Guard would even see him having hooves in the first place? Yeah. Since it's a supernatural element, so, like. Yeah. They might just see him as uh, having some deformity. Yeah. So, who knows if that's even a concern. Um, you asked what the Coast Guard would be doing in this situation. I don't know. Like, depending on where the epicenter of the earthquake is, there might be a tsunami concern or something. Yes, so, and like, it wouldn't be in the water. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Anyway, so I was just trying to rationalize that. Um, but to come on shore, uh, the Coast Guard immediately runs off because they have better things to do. And then they had this conversation being like, all right, well, uh, Obviously, it wasn't Hades. The prophecy said I'd go west and face the god who's turned. Wasn't him. Who was it? Who could it be? Who would want war? Hmm. And we do That's have curious. that moment where, like, Percy's just like, well, okay, before this whole thing. Yeah. They get dropped on the Santa Monica Pier. Mm-hmm. And they watch the sun rising over the burning city. Yes. So when did they go into Hades? It was, it was like late evening? evening, yeah. Okay. And so they spent all night in Hades. Assuming time works the same way, down, which apparently it does. Apparently it does. <laughs> and so they come out in the dawn. Mm-hmm. And the Coast Guard picks them up. Yeah. Which is a frequent time when people are out surfing. So yes, there would it makes sense that there would be people out there. Yeah. But if no one had reported that the kids were out there... Why would the Coast Guard come to pick them up? It just feels a little deus exy. Uh-huh. Like, I, f- I feel like it would have made more sense for Percy to, like, swim down, find a shark, and convince it to let them, give them a ride back to shore. Like, that that makes just as much sense as yeah. the Coast Guard picking them up and deciding to drop them You're off really on stuck the Santa on Monica Pier. I just, why <laughs> did they just take them to the pier and be like, here you go? Like, also, like, why did they... they <laughs> There's much more interesting things in this chapter to discuss than that. Okay, but it, <laughs> it bothered me. Anyway, so they get onto the Santa Monica Pier, and they're watching the sunrise over the burning city. So that lets us know how much time has passed. We are now officially on the solstice day. So this is the last day to get the bolt to Zeus. Yeah, down to the wire here. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, again, in this, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, all that. Okay, so... <laughs> But back to what you were saying, yeah, they they then sit there and talk about what could this possibly be. We're facing the god that turned here in the west, so they have to encounter the god here. Yeah. And... As if on cue. As if on cue, <laughs> there is the motorcycle. Uh-huh. And Ares shows up, he's on the beach, he's uh, a little ticked off that they didn't die in the underworld, or at least Percy, because was, he was the one who was supposed to. Because, oh, hey, we're trying to kick off a three-way war between Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades. Yeah. What about the little moment that Percy and Annabeth have before that? Where uh, where Annabeth says, I don't believe it. We all went all that way. And, and Percy says, it was a trick, a strategy worthy of Athena. Uh-huh. And she goes, hey. And he goes, you get it, don't you? And she dropped her eyes, her anger fading. Yeah, I get it. What are they talking about? I have no idea, because as far as we know, Athena's not involved in this at all. Yeah. So, like... 
And they don't talk about his mother because Percy might cry. Grover starts to say something about his mom. Like, nope, nope, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and like you said, as if on cue, there's the motorcycle. Well, as you're bringing that up, I'll say that it, I think it's, um, I don't know, kind of telling of, of what's going on in Percy's head, maybe, where he's like, uh, if I talked about my mother, I was going to start crying like a little kid. I'm just like... You just condemned your mom to eternity in hell. I think you're allowed to cry, and it doesn't make you, uh... <laughs> I think anybody would be okay crying over that. I mean, yeah, like... And you're not... Yeah. I don't feel like we've also had a moment of Percy just crying over his mom's death. Yeah, like he hasn't Much grieved. less the fact that she is not actually dead. Yeah. Like, much less the fact that he failed to get her out of Hades, which was his core goal. Like, he had decided that that was his true goal going. Yeah, like, we haven't had a great model of grief in this book. Yeah. Um, he's been putting it off this entire time. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I mean, maybe this is intentional and still a, a, a sign of Percy's immaturity, despite his character growth, mm-hmm. is that he hasn't been able to emotionally deal with this yet. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just thought I'd tag on to what you were saying. Uh, but, yeah, Aries is there. Vroom, vroom. Um, uh, showing off, and he's just like, oh, hey, yeah, it's you, you stole the symbols of power, and Ares just basically comes right out and says it, like, yep, you're supposed to die in your underworld, this is how the whole thing was supposed to go, it was supposed to set off Poseidon against Zeus and Hades, and we're gonna have a big old fun war. Because, you know, war between families is the best kind. Of course. (laughs) Uh, so, that was his whole game. Um, obviously, uh, the backpack was a backpack was a plant, it was a sheath for the master bolt. And that finally explains it, because, like, we thought, I, I, I was like, the, the bolt was in the backpack the whole time. The backpack, yeah. that's, it was, it, it had to be Ares giving him the backpack that gave him the bolt somehow. And somehow it ended up in there when he made, went to, and I was like, maybe it was when he got to the pit that it activated it or something. Yeah. And I was right. I was right when he ended up in Hades, it summoned the bolt to it because the backpack was a sheath. Yeah. I mean, we were both right in that one because I was just like, it was not in there the entire time and it wasn't. Yeah. They would have noticed. Yep. Um, so anyway, that's how that whole plot worked. Yes, uh, but still, again, what was the point? Like, the the point here is to get, from Ares' perspective, to get war between the gods. Yeah. And that's all Ares wants. Yeah, it's all Ares wants because he's the god of war. Yes, I get that. Yeah. Why did the bolt have to actually go to Hades? Uh, because it was a double framing. Because it was the the way it was supposed to work was Zeus was supposed to get angry at Hades for stealing the the master bolt and having the possession of that. Hey, uh, Poseidon was supposed to get mad at Hades for killing his kid. And then Zeus was supposed to blame Poseidon for stealing the bolt in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like it was a little, it's a little triangle, as far as I understand it. And Hades is keeping it quiet that his helmet has gone missing. Yeah, the helmet doesn't. And really he blames in. Percy for that, so yeah. he kills Percy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just feel like there's something more to the fact that the bolt like needed to end up in Hades, like. I feel like it's it is a tool of Kronos to escape from the pit. Like he needed that somehow, and the because helmet. Percy was supposed to be wearing the flying shoes and get sucked into the pit carrying the bolt. Yeah, 
So maybe the war was just like a ruse, and that was how Kronos talked Ares into doing it. Maybe uh, via the dreams that Ares totally doesn't have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that he uh, that he mentions out of nowhere because they they kind of get the impression that either he's lying or like you know he keeps Ares pausing isn't. like he's listening to something, which makes it very apparent that he's a puppet. Yes. Uh, and then uh, I don't. Know, I think like I feel like it's interesting that they play Ares off as kind of like this dumb jockish character almost when like if Ares is the god of war like in order to fully embody that role like he'd have to be the god of strategy and the god of like you know you if if you're being the god of war you have to be very very good at strategic thinking yeah I would think which is which is what this is like the point is kid you're impeding the war effort See, you've got to die in the underworld. Then old seaweed will be mad at Hades for killing you. Corpse breath will have Zeus's master bolt, so Zeus will be mad at him. And Hades is still looking for this, and he pulls out the helm of darkness. Yeah. But anyway, um, so so that's I mean that is a that is a heck of a strategy. Yeah. He also somehow got someone, and we don't know who it is, to steal the helm of darkness and also steal. The, the master bolt like yeah which uh percy's just like was it clarice he's that's the first person he thinks of and Ares is just like it doesn't matter let's yeah. let's not talk about who it was but he does seem amused uh-huh which would kind of make sense as said that's uh that is Ares's kid so yeah i mean we're gonna we're gonna figure out who it is eventually but i don't think it was clarice so yeah i mean i'm kind of mad at percy for uh not putting it together at this point or at least what we think is putting it together because at no point is he just like hmm well we're in the underworld and the shoes betrayed us and huh who gave us the shoes it was luke hmm huh yeah i mean that's that being said we don't necessarily know that luke betrayed him with the shoes somebody Uh might have given luke the shoes to give to him or like luke could have just stolen the shoes from somebody because he is Hermes's kid. But he also asks about them in a very yeah. like Yeah, no yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No no I I've hundred percent. I've been saying it was Luke from the beginning. So that's yeah. Yeah. From the moment Luke gave him the shoes, I've thought that Luke betrayed him. But yeah. like yeah, like anyway. So after this, like we've we've had we've we've explained the whole worthy of Athena trick that's been played on Percy here. Yeah. And so now we have Percy. Does Percy challenge Ares? Ares says, like, now you have to die. You were supposed to die in the underworld. Now you have to die. And so we have the battle of the jerk relative. Uh, well, he, first he summons the boar. Yes. Well, yes. And, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, Ares is like, all right, now you have to die. And, yeah. and Percy's like, fight me yourself. Yeah, and Ares doesn't think he's worthy of that. Yeah. And so uh, he, uh, Percy, deals with the boar pretty swiftly and then uh, goads Ares on into fighting him, yes. which is a... But I want to point out something that happens with the boar. Yeah. Percy cuts off one of its tusks. Yeah. And I feel like this is very much a mirroring of the Minotaur. Yeah. Where he breaks off one of the horns of the Minotaur. Yeah, tusks, horns. And here, it's the boar charges at him. He... 
he says he almost like the ocean swept him out of the way. He just kind of like swept out of the way of the boar yeah. and brought down the sword. And he thought in his head, wave, and the ocean just kind of handled the boar for him. Yeah. And swept this thing out. Uh, I, I will briefly correct you about a point. He did, he he shouts wave. Oh. He says it a lot. Okay. Not that, that it matters at all, but that's what it says in the book yeah but it does it does also telegraph what his intention is here when the battle does actually start with Ares. yeah and Ares very clear like very forcefully gets him out of the water yeah it's you know would he have immediately thought of that probably because he knows it's poseidon's kid yeah but it's a little more obvious that percy does have some kind of water control when he yells wave and then the boar gets swept away yeah uh, so that happens, and then we have this little role reversal where uh, Percy starts um, egging Ares on into fighting him. Yes. Uh, in much the same kind of way that, like, Ares was uh, stoking Percy's uh, anger when they first met. Yes, uh, and, and, uh, and Ares is wearing sunglasses, and his eyes just keep smoking. Yeah. <laughs> until his glasses basically melt off of his face. Yeah. Uh, and so they uh, do that, and Ares gives in, uh, and they're about to start a fight, even though Annabeth and Grover are both just like, yeah, don't, he's way out of your league, you're an idiot, um, why, why are you doing this? Um, and then they give him gifts, which is a thing that you didn't pick up, or you didn't Well, yeah, note. I just said it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Annabeth gives him her necklace. Yes, her camp as necklace. A, uh, a reconciliation. With her father's ring. Yeah. And it's the the joining uh, or the re the reconciliation, reconciliation. Yeah. of Athena and Poseidon. Yeah, doll. And yeah. Uh, the satyrs are with you. Yep. And uh, Grover gives him a flattened tin can. Yep. He's um, probably carried it this entire time. Which, which I I really get in like the symbolism of uh, the necklace thing, but then Grover gives him something which is like a scent like essentially to us like giving him a bag of potato chips yeah because like grover's been snacking on these the entire time so he's just like yeah here's a stick of beef jerky look good luck bud yeah like that's <laughs> but he says the satyrs are with you yeah which apparently as i wrote down grover can speak for all satyrs yep it's unilaterally um you know it doesn't matter they don't have souls of course <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, Ares then comes up. Are you done saying goodbye? Yeah, uh, and then there's a several page long fight scene, um, which is before that though. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite lines, not my favorite sentence, but one oh, of my oh, favorite okay. lines. Okay, okay. Ares is saying, you know, are you done saying goodbye? I've been fighting for eternity, kid. My strength is unlimited, and I cannot die. What have you got? A smaller ego, I thought, but I said nothing. Uh-huh. So, uh, I really enjoyed that. A smaller ego, like, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. A lot. It was just a line that made me kind of smirk mid-chapter. Yeah. And then we also have a reference back to what Annabeth said about Ares when they were at the diner in Denver. Mm-hmm. Where he reminds himself, Ares has strength. That's all he has. Even strength has to bow to wisdom sometimes, which is a quote from Annabeth. Yeah, which I mean, I mean, one can argue that wisdom would be not starting this fight in the first place. Uh, and that would have been wise in Percy's position. Yes, that but... said, Ares had a target on his head. Yeah. 
Percy could either fight him or run, and running from the god of war doesn't sound like a good time. Probably not. All right. Uh, so we get into the fight, um, which... And, well, Percy put down a... <laughs> yes, Sorry, this is the third the... time that I've tried to say we get into the fight. We get into the fight, but Percy put down a challenge that was like, I'll fight you if you win... You can turn me into whatever you want because Ares is just like, I could turn you into, and Percy's like, yeah, 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 you could turn me into a cockroach or whatever. Mm -hmm. Fight me, and if you win, you can. Yes. Like, because we've already had Dionysus be like, oh, I could turn you into a dolphin. And, you know, like, we have all of this built up tension and anger and frustration from Percy that just kind of explodes out of him at this moment. I'll turn you into, yeah, you could turn me into a cockroach. Great. You win? Do it. I can tell you had caffeine today. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, it seems like a lot of the Greek gods' uh, threats involve turning somebody into other things. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It's not just like, oh, hey, I'm going to like cause you unbearable pain or torture you or kill you. It's like, no, you're going to become some other critter. And that's yeah. just like the highest form of threat they can deliver. Cool. Classic or modern. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do we get into the fight? Yeah. Okay. We can get into the um, fight now. It starts. I mean, not there's a lot to talk about. Like, it's a several page long scene. It's, it's, it's well done. It's well described. I could visualize it uh nicely i mean there's not a lot of su subtext or stuff to talk about it's yeah. a fight scene percy uses the ocean as much as he can yeah to more more defensively because mm -hmm. he used to defense offensively with the boar yeah but when Ares is bearing down on him yeah he he can't attack with it he can't do anything like he is just defensive his body is responding to keep him out of the way of the sword from Ares, and it's like he used the ocean to jump over him once. You know, he jumps over him, and and Ares wasn't expecting it. Ares like is like not bad, not bad. He he does admire him mildly for mm -hmm. the fact that he is actually like using the ocean, and he's got some skill with manipulating yeah. it. He's realized his strengths now. Yeah. So during this fight, he brings up the ADHD thing again. Uh, where this is, like, heightening his uh, reflexes and uh, helping to keep him alive in the battle, which Annabeth had told him about. Um, as a person with H eight, with HD yeah. uh, TV... I have, I, have, I have HD battles. <laughs> uh, as a person with ADHD, Kristen... I have Kristen, HD battle perception. <laughs> is this your experience? Uh, I would say that it's a big part of, like... Yeah, I have a hard time focusing on a conversation out in public because I'm listening to three other people's conversations at the same time. Uh -huh. So, like, for me personally, yes, I'm on high threat alert yeah. frequently. Some of that's trauma. Some of that's my ADHD. Yeah. But a big part of it is my ADHD. And, yeah, like, 100% I get why it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is helpful in battle. I thought that when we were shared that earlier in the book, like I think it was Annabeth or Luke said it, Annabeth said it to him uh -huh. early on when he first got to camp. Like, yeah, you were probably diagnosed with ADHD, weren't you? Well, it's because you need to heighten battle senses. Yeah. And I agreed with it then. I was just like, yeah, that that checks out. Tracks. It tracks. That hyper focus. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like it. And I like the, the coming back around to it in the end, like in this battle. Yeah. But we have more of that where it's just like, 
I see, I see Aries. I, I can see the people on the beach that are talking, that are watching, that have been out because of the earthquake that have stopped. I can see Grover and Annabeth like on the shore. And I, and, and in the midst of all of that, Annabeth still has to call out and alert him to the fact that there's cops. Yep. <laughs> so like we have him in this moment of like, I've come into my own. I, this this is what my body was made for. All of the problems I've had in life were solved by having to fight a god. Um, <laughs> but also, I can see. I've got heightened senses. I can see the people in this. And Annabeth has to be like, Percy, there's cops! And yeah. he's like, oh, oops. Yeah. Which, like, <laughs> this, this called into question for me uh, the timeline of this because, like, in the book, yeah, they start fighting, cops show up. Like, in the middle of an earthquake and the whole city is in an emergency, like, That's police response time. That's why the police time. are there already. Okay. Because I'm just like, the police response time is not going to be great. So, like, are they fighting for, like, a solid half an hour before, like, the cops show up? Or, like, what's the timeline of this battle? No, I think because... I think that it makes sense that the cops are out and about because of the earthquake and that they're, yeah. they're dealing with calls and then they see what they say that man has a gun yeah now they the cops get to the scene and they point out that aries has a gun and this is while percy's sword is down yes um what we have is one of the bystanders call out that boy looks like the one from tv yeah and so i don't know how i feel about the cops showing up or what reasoning the cops had for showing up like were they out and about? Probably, because there was just a disaster. Yeah. Did they decide to look down at the beach and see this? Did someone call and say, there's a fight on the beach, someone's brandishing a weapon? Yeah. Did they call and say, hey, this is the kid from TV down at the beach? Yeah. Like, this is also... who knows? This is all at sunrise, too. Like, what amount of lighting and visibility did people have to see, even that there was a weapon? This is also a book. So... Yeah. Uh, so, so the cops are showing. <laughs> show I mean, you're the one who challenged yeah, the I know. cops being there to begin with. Don't, no, don't I, sit here. No, and... I, was, I was questioning the timing of the battle. Yeah. Like, I was trying to be like, has this been going on for half an hour? Has this been going on for 30 seconds? Because I was going to, that tied into my uh, argument that I was going to make of being like, no, this is D&D combat time, where you brought up the, the fact that Annabeth had to alert him to the fact that the cops are there. And I was going to say, well, I mean, it's also been like maybe 10 seconds. And then I questioned myself, saying, well, has it been 10 seconds? Has it gone on longer? And so that's where that whole yeah. thing well, came from. Well, we have this whole conversation. We have Ares carrying the baseball bat. Yeah. We have the boar come, and we have Percy pull out a sword. Yes. And attack this boar. Yeah. Which everyone who's human is probably going to think it was a dog, and is probably going to think that he shot it, and is probably going to think that it drowned. Boars are a thing, though. Huh? It could, it could just be a boar. Boars are a thing. I know, but, like, I know that boars are a thing. I know boars exist. I'm not challenging whether they exist or not. I'm challenging people's <laughs> willingness to believe that a boar just jumped out of the sand. Yeah. On the beach in California. Yeah. If I saw a dog jump out of the sand, I would fully accept that it was wallowing around in the sand just outside my view and appeared out of nowhere. Let's be real here. If you went to Venice Beach and just saw a pig walking around, though, that, you wouldn't uh, really Yes, quite... this isn't Venice Beach. <laughs> They're in Santa Monica. It's like you wouldn't... It's... They just got off the pier at Santa Monica. It's like, you wouldn't really question this. Um... 
It's like three blocks away, but it's still Santa Monica. <laughs> it's very specific that they were dropped off at the Santa Monica Pier, which also still doesn't make sense to me. But like, yeah. Anyway, the cops maybe, show up. Maybe you're right. You're the, right. I wouldn't question the more. That's not the important part. Um. So the cops show up. Uh. And Aries is just like, "Be gone with you. This is this is this is a family affair. Uh, stay out of it." Uh. And then blows we, up all the. We have blows up all the cop cars yes yes we have a moment there where percy looks at the crowd and sees what he can tell our satyrs because he can see them now yes and spirits as if some of the spirits of the dead have come out to watch yep and we have the cops say he's got a gun and percy be like hmm i wonder what they're actually seeing mm. and he looks at aries and aries's weapon flickers between being a shotgun and a sword yeah like could aries have just had a shotgun and shot percy like could could he have just decided that his weapon of war was a gun and shot the kid from 50 feet away and been done with it yeah but percy chose classic so <laughs> Uh, technically, he didn't choose anything. Uh-huh. Aries said classic or modern, and Percy showed him his sword. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's a thing. Uh, also, yeah, that that it is a very valid argument that Aries could have just shot him. Uh, uh, my only my only logical conclusion from that is like Aries has too much honor, or is just like, no, we're gonna fight on even terms, and like I'm not gonna just shoot the guy that pulls out a sword, and like it means more if I. Except that the whole point of of his <sighs> argument about not fighting him is that it wouldn't be fair, and he didn't even want to fight him to begin with. He sent the boar because he was like, "You're a puny human. I'm a god." Yeah. Like and he and he and he is being challenged by him and Percy and he Percy does get under his skin because Percy's willing to defy him. Yeah. That said, when you talk about the god of warfare, yeah, guerrilla warfare is also a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It's covered in Ares's field of purview, yeah. or just purview. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Certainly, Ares blows up the police cars. Yeah, and uh, they're they're dealing with that as he creates this giant wall of fire that is currently blocking off the law enforcement from dealing with the situation. Uh, they continue fighting, and Percy gets a hit in. Yeah. Well, technically, Ares draws first blood. Yeah. We do have a moment where Ares gets Percy's arm and yeah. cuts him. Yeah. Um. We don't acknowledge anything about the water healing him in that moment. We don't. Which I would be surprised if it does because he was inflicted this injury by a god. And it's a god's power that's healing him. So I'm I'm curious to see if he heals from that injury in the same way that he normally would. So I'm very curious about that for future, like going forward with the last two chapters of the book. I'm very curious about that. But then we also have Percy feeling the tide come in. He can sense the pattern of the waves. Mm-hmm. This bothered me for one reason. And I'll just point this out. We've already encountered a surfer as they came up from the water. Dawn, sunrise. They watch the sunrise. So oh. this is dawn or pre-dawn when they come up out of Hades. Yeah. And they encounter a surfer out in the water. 
Yes, sunrise surfing is great. Peak high tide surfing is best. Yeah, but it could, peak high tide could be at sunrise. There's no yes, specific yes, yes, time. Yes, but he it. feels the tide <sighs> coming in in the middle of this battle. The surfer was out there way too early. Anyway, that's that's my little rant about the tide. But he feels the tide coming in. Uh-huh. Look, as a classic soap hell, hell surfer, dude. You want to try that one again? No, because I'm not. <laughs> anyway, so we have... How do you feel about hot salad? <laughs> So we have the tide, and Percy is finally, like, sensing it. He can feel the rhythm of the waves. He can feel the tide, and he thinks to the ocean. Yes. Which, when he said wave, I feel like that was the first time he consciously, like, chose to control the water. I feel like that as well. was also the first time that he verbally controlled the water. Yeah. He con sorry, second time he consciously controlled it because he consciously decided to be wet when picked up by the har- har- harbor patrol or yeah. coast guard. Yeah. Um. So. Classic first uh, conscious use of his power. Yeah. I'm going to be moist. <laughs> I have the power of moistness. <laughs> um. But every time he's used his power up to this point has been unconscious. Uh-huh. And it, and then we have him consciously choose to use his power and being like, I'm going to be wet, wet, let me be wet. Please let me be wet when they pulled me out of the water. And then we have him go, wave, and yell it. Yeah. This, when he says, hold on, or, or stay back, or whatever it is that he thinks in his mind to the water. Yeah. To keep the waves back and to keep the pressure back and to hold back the water. Yeah. Is the first time that he does that silent control of the water. Yeah. In the same way that he's unconsciously done it before. Yeah. But, like, it's it's cool. It's cool that in this in this one chapter, we see this full development of his ability. Yeah. And him holding onto it, grabbing it, taking it, and actually using it. Yeah. As if it were like a second sense. Yeah. I'm sure that'll come up later in the books. Yeah. No, it'd be, it'd be really crazy if this is like the one book in the series that like he has access to the ocean and all the other ones is just like, no. Yeah, no, you're going to go into the mountains. It's a, There's, we're going to be dry, sorry. You'll be really happy if you encounter a stream. Uh, one of the books is called The Sea of Monsters, I think. So, I mean, that's... Uh, Isn't that book two? Could be the next one. Yeah, the very next book is called <laughs> The Sea of Monsters. So, uh, yeah. assuming there's going to be a lot more ocean action in that one. Probably. Uh, so, anywho, and he uses this and smacks Ares in the face of the water. Yeah, he holds the tide back, holds the tide back, and then lets it go, hits this big wave, jumps over Ares. Uh huh. I'm motioning this all through, so yeah. if you're watching on the on the podcast, <laughs> yeah, um, jumps over Ares, has this wave hit him full in the face, and then feigns an attack at his head, comes down and stabs him in the heel. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna inflict like one one injury in the battle, like it's a pretty bad place to do it. Just like he had one shot to get in with the sword and hits him in the heel. Like, eh, okay. Have you read any Greek mythology? Yes, I have. Like, this is a <laughs> this is the Achilles heel. I get it. Achilles. Yeah. He gets him in the heel. Uh, and then. He hits him in the Achilles. And yeah, he does. Uh, and then the roar that followed made Hades' earthquake look like a minor event. 
So there was a aftershock. Yeah. That was bigger than the original earthquake. Apparently Aries is not Aries is very much not used to being injured at all. Yeah. So this is a shock to him. He cries out. Uh, the sea explodes outward. Yeah, 50 feet around them yeah. is just dry sand. Uh, uh, Percy sees the blood of the gods, the, the ichor. Yeah. Gold, for the first time. Golden ichor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently demigods don't get cool gold blood. They no. just get like regular, yeah. the, the regular red stuff. Yeah. Checks out. <laughs> and he is limping toward Percy really angry gonna strike him down and then something stops him something that it is not just something stops <sighs> yeah aries yeah something stops time and the sun and just like full chronos cameo yeah how did this uh, from the pit <laughs> what uh sound and color drain away a cold heavy presence passed over the beach slowing time dropping the temperature to freezing and making me feel like life was hopeless fighting was useless and the darkness lifted. This is a little brief moment. Yep. And but it, it impacts Ares. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Where Ares just says, "Fine." Yeah. Like I'm not gonna kill you. And it's done. You've a- made an enemy. Every battle you have, you will feel my curse, Perseus Jackson. Mm-hmm. You were really intense with that one. It looks really <laughs> intense moment because like. We literally have the main character just got cursed by a god. Yeah. Two chapters before the end of the book. Yeah. I mean, at least it didn't say die alone. Yeah. Just at least that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that's going to show up later in some fashion, uh, this curse that has been bestowed upon him. Uh, but I wanted to jump in here and ask, if we're assuming this is Kronos, which it is, why didn't he want Ares to kill Percy? Why did he stop him? And how? Yeah. He's in Tartarus. He's been able to influence dreams and from it. Percy yeah. and Ares' dreams, which yeah. we, we know it's that because Ares was like, I don't have dreams. And Percy was like, what do you, who said anything about dreams? Yeah. So we, we know that he's got some control over dreams, even from Tartarus. Yeah. We've never seen him do anything else outside of Tartarus besides dreams up to this point in the book. So how does he have this influence? Did those magic shoes really, like, did that change anything? Like, is this implying that that changed something? That those shoes going down into the pit might have affected him? Yeah. Like... We had Percy have that dream of something trying to climb out of the pit using him as an anchor point. Yeah. And, like, was that actually happening? Was something really changing in those dreams in the moment he got the shoes? Was he supposed to get the lightning bolt? Is he, like, has has Kronos' power grown? That's that's the real question here, and I feel like Kronos is going to be the big bad of the entire series. Well, I mean, we have two chapters left in the book, so I really doubt we're going to resolve that whole matter with him in the next two chapters. That yeah. seems like uh, too much, so I'm sure he's going to show up at least in the next book. Um, as far as we know from this chapter, all of his plans kind of failed. Yeah. Like... He doesn't get the lightning bolt. He doesn't get the helm of darkness. He doesn't get Percy killed. Like, yeah. everything he tried to do. So why doesn't he let Ares kill Percy? Yeah. That's a great question, isn't it? Yeah. 
It's a question for three books from now, but yeah, whatever. We'll see. Like I was, I mean, I was trying to think of a a, a fun of a a, 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 a I was trying to think of a fun strategic reason um, that he'd make that choice, but I I don't have anything right now. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see. Like unless he has plans for Ares still and doesn't want to bring Poseidon's wrath down on Ares and like have Ares get locked away or something. Like if he needs Ares to do something in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, but then what happened? Um, and then uh, Arius takes on his true form. Yes. Which and apparently is... Uh, Annabeth yells, Percy, don't look. Yep, which apparently even demigods cannot look at a god's true form without immediately bursting into flames. Yep, melting. Whoa. It's pretty intense. Uh, and then he hears the flapping of leathery wings because there are more witnesses to this fight. Which we've already noted. Yeah. He, he sees the Furies earlier. He does earlier. the Furies, yeah. Uh, and they show up, fly down, and they're just like... All three of them land, and the one who was Mrs. Dodds. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's just like... So uh, it really wasn't you? Yeah. We saw huh. the whole thing. Guess we were wrong. That's crazy. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then Percy gives them the helm back, and like, here deliver this to lord hades yeah tell him to to not attack uh don't attack olympus because that'd still be kind of bad uh mrs dodds gives him a um so what i'm trying to think of a exaltation not an exaltation it's a uh anyway so i wanted to say uh mrs dodds gives him like a benediction but it's not really a blessing it's just like a uh hey live well because like if you don't and you end up in hades uh in the bad place uh you're never going to hear the end of it from me. Yeah. Because well, she, she really wants to him, torture him. You know, no, no, no. I don't know if she does, though. She's she's giving him an acknowledgement that he is able yeah. to become a hero. Like, yeah. she says, live well, become a hero. Yeah. Like, it's a challenge. It is a little bit of a benediction. It is also a warning. Uh-huh. Like, you better become a hero so that I can't sink my talons into you. Yeah. So, he done got warned, uh, and then we have a little discussion about whether or not uh, everybody felt that weird time stop thing. Uh, Grover's sure it was the Furies overhead, um, and apparently him and him and Annabeth know what it was. And it says, "I know now what was in the pit, what had spoken from the entrance of Tartarus." He doesn't say what it is, but somehow Percy just knows this. Yeah, which is like, yep. It stopped time. He figured it out when it slowed time. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna say it yet. We're two chapters from the end of the book, and we're not gonna. Yes, we still it. have to have a reveal for the audience that hasn't figured it out. Yeah, is, is that the uh, is that gonna be like the last line in the book? It's like Kronos shows up and it's just like, fine, I'll do it myself, as he puts on the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> fine, <laughs> I'll do it myself. That uh, that post credit scene that we get in the book. No, that's not the last line of the book. Okay. Gosh, you're just spoiling things all over the place, aren't you? It's like a five-word sentence. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, and they realize, oh, hey, it's still the last day. We still need to get back to New York and deliver the bolt and stop all this stuff from going down in World War III, et cetera, et cetera. But how are we going to get there fast enough, Kristen? By flying. You mean the thing we <laughs> mustn't do? <laughs> we mustn't fly. But, uh, I mean, let's... Uh, fly, you fools. Let's hope Zeus is... Uh, gonna be a little lenient here because that's the only way they can get back 
I mean, they are going to be carrying Zeus's weapon in an attempt to return it to Zeus. They're entering Zeus's domain. I feel like the second the plane gets off the ground, Zeus is just going to show up on the airplane with them. Yeah. And they're going to be like, here's here's your thing. <laughs> he just, he, and just he's just going to be like, huh. They just pass by him in first class as they're walking toward the back. <laughs> I do, I do love to feel like it's going to be something like that. Also, how are they going to afford a $600 plane ticket from LAX to New York? That's a great question. Uh, I mean, it was cheaper back then. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> what is this, 2005? Yeah. 2008, it was, it was $600 for me to get from LAX to Orlando. Jeez. I'm sure that there were more frequent flights to New York, so it might have been as low as like 400. But we're talking about three people, even even at 200 dollars a person. Yeah, depending s- like de- depending on the time of year, which it's spring. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. like, Again, but no, this is solstice. Like, <laughs> how do they do it? How do they financially do it? Do they still have the little card? Are they going to be able to buy tickets with Maybe. the hotel card? Like, how? Uh, I've always found it interesting. Can they just mail the thing to Olympus and be like, here it is? Won't get there in time. Uh, I've always found it interesting in You think the magical (laughs) delivery god can't get it there in time? I have a thing that I want to get into about this exact topic if I can get there. I've always found it interesting in books with fantastical settings or where magic involved when there are like weird practical limits to what magic can do yeah so like in this setting when we have things like magic swords that can transform into pens and always come back to you and we have like a magic that the demigods can wield and we have invisibility helmets and we have like the iris rainbow network that you can talk to anybody as long as you throw a gold coin into a rainbow there is no magical means of transportation whatsoever nope just like oh you want to get across the country guess you're taking a bus yep like (laughs) Yeah. That's just not a thing. Yep. There's no Harry Potter flu network or disapparation or anything. Yeah. Which is like I I know we don't uh we don't we don't talk about Bruno or Harry Potter here. Correct. But that was a <laughs> that was a thing I always uh appreciated about like the Harry Potter universe. It's just like, hey, we have magic, like all of these problems your your normal everyday folk have, we've solved that. Like, we're actually using magic to its fullest extent, and we can basically do anything. Now, there's a lot of plot holes that are created by that in the whole Harry Potter franchise. Many, many, many large plot holes. Yeah. Where, you know... Once you could drive a bus through. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Where every time something is a challenge, you could just be like, yeah, why didn't they use this spell, which they've already used five times before? Anyway, this isn't a Harry Potter podcast. Yeah, thank goodness. There's there's more of those. Uh... But they gotta fly, and hope Zeus doesn't just strike him down. Um, which I mean, is it is it in Zeus's uh, nature to like kill a few hundred other innocent people just to stop Percy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Would he take down a whole plane just to yes, uh, just to spite this one kid? I guess so. Cool. Did we miss anything? No, I think we got it. All right. We got two chapters left. We're so close. We are very close. I'm excited. We need to start thinking about a wrap-up episode. Oof. (laughs) What we're going to do for that one. Um, 
All right. Should we move on to our next segment? We shall. What's that one, Kristen? Favorite sentences. All right. I think you know what mine is. What's yours? It's my favorite sentence is, uh, how would you like to get smashed, classic or modern? (laughs) I wrote that one down, too. (sighs) But what I decided to choose as my favorite sentence was, but I was done running from monsters. Uh Uh-huh. And I liked that because of the various (laughs) monsters that we've had throughout this. Yeah. How many has he actually run away from? He tried to run away from the Minotaur, and Uh then he had to fight it. Yeah. He tried to run away from the Hellhound, and someone else defeated it before it could kill him. Yeah. He he doesn't try necessarily. He doesn't try to run away from Snakehead Lady Medusa. Yeah. He doesn't try to run away from the Medusa. He chops her head off and mails it to the gods. Yeah. The Chimera. He does try to fight, and he gets thrown out of. He doesn't try to run away. He gets thrown out of the arch at at, at that and lands in the water. Yeah. He doesn't run away from the the Cerberus. Krusty. We're forgetting Krusty. Oh, Who could forget Krusty? He doesn't run away from Krusty. <laughs> he challenges Krusty in uh-huh. the waterbeds and cuts his head off. He doesn't run away from Cerberus. Yeah. They they try to play with him, and then they go under him, and they... they... He doesn't run away from Hades. Yeah. Like, so he's like, I'm done running away from monsters... Yeah. But he doesn't run away from them. And Ares had even challenged him, like, hey, you just run away from stuff. That's all you're good at. Yeah. But that's not what Percy has done. Like, the, the, like he has he didn't even run away from Mrs. Dodds. He pulled out the sword and cut her down before he even knew what any of this was. Yeah. And then, after all of that, the reason I know the title of book two is because book two is Sea of Monsters. But we have this kind of, like, build up and the sentence that was like but i was done running away from monsters yeah i feel like it 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 is him finally realizing that he hasn't been running away from monsters this whole time uh-huh that he was done with this identity of someone who ran away from monsters like the only monster in this entire book that percy has actually successfully run away from is smelly gate uh-huh and he is immortal. Yeah. So, anyway. Good point. It good it was points. a favorite sentence, it. not because it actually, like, because I feel like it's disconnected with what actually happens, but because it reminded me so much of the fact that he hasn't been running away from monsters. Like, but I was done running away from monsters. You never did, Percy. You never did. And you finally come into this identity of, of of who you actually are and who you've been through the entire book. You've been impertinent. You've been someone who doesn't run away from monsters. Like. Yeah. Good point. So, yeah, that's why I chose that sentence. I did also write down the sentence, he laughed, but I heard a little edge to his laughter, an uneasiness. And I like that one as well, but I didn't have as big of a rant for it. Mm-hmm. I just thought mine was funny. Yeah. Oh um, no, no, I wrote yours down too. Anyway. <laughs> that was my. That was the third sentence I wrote down because I knew you would choose that one. And if we ever end up owning a bar, we should then work that into like a cocktail menu somehow. Yeah. How would you like to get smashed, classic or modern? How would you like your whiskey, classic <laughs> or smashed? Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, should we move on to our next segment? In our final segment, we rewrite the chapter from a different perspective. So we take the camera of the chapter, put it somewhere else, and we retell the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, As Chris has already foreshadowed from the beginning, he is continuing his last chapter story and telling us the story of this chapter from the perspective of the surfer. Yeah. Oh, I'm not continuing my last chapter story. I'm just bringing in a character who I'm sure is still around from the last chapter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my last chapter's perspective was from Cerberus, so. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it from Cerberus? Cerberus wasn't in the last chapter. Mm, yeah. No. Oh, no. No, no, no. Last, last chapter's perspective right was from Cerberus. Yeah. What's this one? Last chapter. Yeah, yeah. Last chapter. It's right there. Was from uh, uh, Shakespearean uh, yes. medieval knight's perspective. Yes. Uh, anyway. In this one, uh, you're the surfer who was there at the end of the last chapter, but isn't technically in this chapter. Correct. Uh, and this one's another conversation that I wrote. Although, I'll, I'll say a couple things in the lead up to mine. I'm just really gonna, I'm, I'm really gonna build up hype for this one. Uh, one, this was the easiest rewrite I've done in the book so far. This one came to me immediately, and two, well, and two, this was my second idea for it because I really wanted to work in rem's song uh it's the end of the world as we know it into this rewrite so badly <laughs> because the first line of that song is that's great it starts with an earthquake and i really i really wanted to find a way to incorporate that into this and i couldn't quite do it okay however in really studying and getting into the lyrics of that song which i did uh i will note the interesting factoid that in that song the furies are mentioned Okay. Huh. So. <laughs> they do show up. Interesting. But uh, none of the other lines work whatsoever, so I didn't... Uh, you didn't push it that hard? Yeah, I didn't try to push it that hard and rewrite the song for this chapter. Okay. So, I did a different thing entirely. Oh, so. another one of my favorite sentences was... Uh, you did have a bunch of favorite sentences well, for this one. Well, he said, I felt <laughs> like I came back from the dead, which I guess I did. Yeah. Or something like that. That uh-huh. one I didn't write down. It's so... That's a paraphrase. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so all that being said, should I read mine? Sure. All right. Hype it up. Hype it up. Uh, so here's a conversation between two people. There wouldn't have been an earthquake. I don't know, man. Disney's got a ton of money these days. Wait, why are we bringing Disney into this? I told you, bro. This blog I follow has been saying that they're working on something really big. Not earthquake big. Okay, so explain the completely unrelated magical sword fight between some giant biker and a, and a sixth grader then. Or, or mayhaps the line of exploding cop cars. Well, the cars could... W- wait, sword fight? Dylan, what was, what was in that smoothie you had this morning? Just a little bit of nature's own medicine, my guy. What do you think we're looking at? Um, well, well, obviously the, the big guy has a baseball bat, and uh, also, man, uh, when did your legs get so hairy? What? What? It's a um, conversation between the surfer dude and a satyr. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. And, yeah. 
So the surfer dude is beginning to see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That was that was him. Uh, but the satyr would have seen all of that for what it really was. Yeah, hence why the satyr is bad at lying about what he's looking at. I see. That was, that's, that was clever. Yes, it is. It's, it's clever. <laughs> so, Got it. There you go. There's my rewrite. All right. Cool. How about yours? Here's mine. That was a really cool flip you just did of that notebook. I'm really good at this. Ah. <laughs> the fields of Olympus. I'm just enjoying my day wandering around wallowing in some mud but my master has called summoned i rise from the sand bathed in the red light of Ares, god of war and courage my master he orders me to attack the god spawn and i rush to do my master's bidding but what is this the godling has severed my tusk and the sea attacks, swallowing me whole, and so I cease my charge, engulfed. That was a very, uh, very brief little uh, snippet of the work. Uh, no, I guess warthog. I was going to say warthog. Yeah, it could be a warthog. Of the boar. Of the boar's life. Yep. Cute. Just enjoying the fields of Olympus <laughs> until it's summoned into battle. Yep. Neat. Yep. I thought so. I had such a, a hard time trying to figure out what to rewrite this one from. I was just like, no. like There were so many bystanders, though. Yeah, there were so many bystanders, but it was going to be boring. It was like, it was going to be some big biker dude attacking a child. See that every day? Yeah. <laughs> All so right. Somebody like, oh, I woke up to this earthquake and I ran outside. And what did I see on the beach but a biker with a baseball bat? Or a shotgun? I'm not sure which. There were yep. birds of prey circling the sun in the sky above the battle. Unless they had a uh, special smoothie that morning. Yep. I think they just see everything, man. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Cool. Would you like to take us out, Kristen? Sure. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed chapter 20 of The Lightning Thief. Join us next time as we discuss chapter 21, I Settle My Tab. If you want to interact with us in the meantime, you can do so at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Chronically Pod on Twitter, or you can email us your fan art of Aries's shotgun sword baseball bat at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash chronicallypodcast if you're cool like that. And until next time, remember that sometimes it pays to be moist. And uh, don't bring a sword to a gunfight. Or don't bring a gun or baseball bat to a sword fight. Or don't bring a gun to a sword fight. Or don't bring a sword to a baseball bat fight. Don't bring, don't bring a sword to a bat fight. Don't bring a sword to a boar fight. Don't bring a wave <laughs> to a sword fight. <laughs> don't don't bring a tin can <laughs> to a wave fight. Uh-uh. I think we're done. Bye. Bye.
word weird? Ambient. Ambient. I didn't really address the modern part of that. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> this is like you. <laughs> Would you like to try that uh, that run no. up again? No. Tag your it. You want me to do the intro? I don't know. You always do the intro. Okay. <laughs> You always try to spring these things on me, and it makes me look like I'm incompetent. Uh, and so during this fight, we bring up the HD, ADHD thing again, where he's just you like... Wanna, you want to give us that acronym again? And, oh, yeah, again, in this... Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, all that. Okay, so... Kind of called into uh, I called into I called into question I called into question it called into question it, for me this this called into question yeah, yeah. having struggle uh, I'm having struggle with words right now yeah. apparently uh, I'm struggling I, with words it's a you know the Achilles yeah I get it Achilles yeah Achilles Achilles heel Achilles Achilles yes Achilles yes Achilles I know. <laughs> not Heracles yeah Achilles I know. Um, Achilles. Anyway, you prefer I said he gets him in the heel, uh, and then he hits him in the Achilles. Hello, and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series, chapter by chapter. There's a hole in my sock, and. <laughs> is cold and I just touched my foot and it's very cold okay um we're gonna try that again happy birthday Ryan happy birthday enjoy your birthday on Sunday may all your Percy's be Jackson or and may all your Susan's make it to paradise <laughs>